What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss the good and the bad from Game 2 against the St. Louis Cardinals. And then Part 2 with Sully Baseball, breaking down the bad contracts in Major League Baseball. And which managers are on the hot seat, all on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24. .myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work for my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so you could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And as always, tell your friends about Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube, please. We are trying to hit 500 subscribers. We are slowly closing in. I want to hit it before the end of April. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. But before we get into that conversation with Sully Baseball, where we discuss overpriced contracts and MLB managers on the hot seat. Let's discuss game two against the St. Louis Cardinals because I said before the series started, the D-backs had to win the first two games of the series to make me feel good because, because of course, the D-backs are starting game three of the series. So to make me feel really good about the D-backs chances in this series and the next series, I'm like, okay, Merrill Kelly game two, that should hopefully be a win. Dre Jameson in game three, a win. And then, of course, you lose the Madison Bum Garner start. Then you get Ryan Nelson and Zach Gallen to start game two and game three. And then you get Merrill Kelly once again. So I was hoping over the next five days, the D-backs are able to take two out of three from the Cardinals. And maybe you're able to take another two out of three from the San Diego Padres. At least you get two of your three top starting pitchers against the San Diego Padres. And even that third starting pitcher, you feel good about his chances. You just feel terrible about Madison Bumgarner against the St. Louis Cardinals. And the D-backs were able to get it done against the St. Louis Cardinals in the first two games of the series where they have now beaten the St. Louis Cardinals in this series. And the D-backs were able to do it off the backs of great offense because it was another start where Dre Jameson didn't go too deep into this ball game. Now, this was one of those starts where his pitch count wasn't exactly efficient. 71 pitches through three and two thirds, four walks, three strikeouts, and a home run allowed. So maybe in the past couple starts, I was like, Dre Jameson was cooking. He was chilling. You could have left him out there a little bit longer. But this is probably one of those starts where I was like, okay, I understand why you might have wanted to pull him out a little bit early as opposed to the other 
start that he's had this season because he was a little bit more shaky in today's start. But even with that being said, I still think he looked good overall. And even with Dre Jamerson being shaky, the offense for the D-backs was phenomenal because the Cardinals jumped out to an early 2-0 lead, but the D-backs took no time. And by the end of the fourth inning, they were leading 7-2 because... Once again, Ketel Marte, he led off in this game, and he was good. I like Josh Rojas leading off because he's looked really good leading off in the past couple weeks. He's looked really good and comfortable at the plate, but Ketel Marte was able to go two for five. Josh Rojas, batting number two, looked super comfortable there as well, two for five. You got Gurriel batting three for five in the three spot. Christian Walker, who's been struggling, had a couple hits. Evan Longoria had a couple hits, who has a pretty good slash line at 303, 361, and 545. And overall, you had 14 hits from your team, seven strikeouts to one walk. You're still trying to draw more walks. And the D-backs were five of 14 with runners in scoring position. That number doesn't sound great when you hear it on the onset, but it's like a 357 average, so it ends up actually being pretty good, and the D-backs offense really came alive. The bullpen, I think, could have done a little bit more. Kevin Gingle gave up an earned run. Joe Manth probably gave up a home run, and Andrew Chafin probably had his worst outing of the season. I'm not going to dive too deep into what was good and what was bad from this game, because we got our conversation with Sully Baseball, but overall, the D-backs were at least able to get done in the series. You won the series. Game two wasn't pretty. You were able to put up a lot of runs early, but the bullpen let the Cardinals back a little bit. Even a Paul Goldschmidt had a home run in this game, a double in this game. Contreras had his home Contreras had his first home run of the season in this game. But the D-backs offense once again looked good. You had Nick Ahmed hitting doubles with balls thrown into the dirt. The D-backs offense is Maybe not as consistent. They're not putting up five to six runs every ball game, but they do enough in the ball games that they do need to score runs recently, at least. And the pitching has started to turn a corner as well. Obviously, the days that Mass Bumgarner starts are the most ineffective and are the biggest issue. But four out of five days, you're potentially getting quality start. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. You never know with the Ryan Nelsons and the Dre Jamesons of the world, but at least you know you have a chance of a quality start. Unlike the days that Mad Bum starts, you're just like, okay, the opposing team is starting with a two-and-a-half run lead. But the days that the four other starters are on there on the bump, you feel like you have a chance at a quality start. Plus, with the way the D-backs offense is playing right now, like they didn't even have a stolen base. They didn't even create too much havoc on the bases. They just straight up was slugging it at the plate. They didn't even need to draw walks, extra base hits, doubles, triples, home runs is all the D-backs needed in game two. They were able to get to Jordan Montgomery. Dre Jameson just did, Dre Jameson did just enough. Colin Nelson was fantastic. And you had a couple other relievers who were really good in this game as well. You hope and pray Madison Bumgarner could do enough to get through four to five innings of game three. And listen, if Mad Bum goes out there, pitches well, and the D-backs get a sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals, I might be talking really crazy after this series, but the D-backs still have to face the San Diego Padres in the next series, so I'm not going to get too crazy. But the D-backs, after tonight's win, 11-7, and and the only team in the NL West above 500. The Dodgers are 9-9. Nine and nine. But the D-backs are the only team above 500 in the division. Two games above the Dodgers. The D-backs are at 11-7. and seven. They're looking good. As a D-backs fan, I'm feeling good. And even though it's super early, 
like we say on every podcast, it's never too early to win games. Now let's get into that conversation with Sully Baseball. Wow. Well, look at another person who was acquired and it was looked upon was going to be, oh, my God, this is going to be one of the most seismic events in the history of baseball uh, was Juan Soto, mm-hmm. who's still only 24 years old, Super which is young. amazing when you think about it. Um, a, going into today's game, uh, he slashed a 172 batting average, a 351 on base because he still leads the league in walks, uh, slugging percentage of 379. But, uh, you know, his OPS is 731. Uh, and in 69 games with the Padres uh, going into today, he has a combined 221 average uh, on base of 379. He's going to walk like crazy and a 388 slugging. Um, he's so far not been good. No. I mean, he's been, I mean, he walks a lot, he gets on base. They should be bad in leadoff or something because it's, uh, I look at, it's way too early to call this bus fill, of course. And if he winds up having a great second half, this will all be forgotten. And if he leads the Padres to a title, this will all be forgotten. But this was supposed to be, okay, now he's no longer in the Nationals where there's no one else in the lineup. He now has tons of people in the lineup with him. And, you know, Bogarts is holding up his end of the bargain, but this MVP candidate so far is not. Yeah, he was my preseason pick to win the MVP on our podcast. So, like, so for Sully Baseball, so Juan Soto has not lived up to um, that calling so far. Uh, he entered this game leading the league in bases, but in terms of just his OBP, it's the first time in his career he's been below 400. I mean, obviously, it's still a super small sample size, but his power hasn't been there this season. His getting on base skills hasn't been there this season. And the average thing, I mean, even if you look at his full season from last year, only batted 242 after being like a 300-plus guy, you know, at least 280-plus the last few seasons before that. So it is kind of weird to see this sudden offensive downtrodden for Juan Soto. And he's someone that I thought maybe in his second year in San Diego would be a little more comfortable. Of course, he was acquired at the deadline last year, but I thought he would have had a little bit more of a bounce back season this year, a little bit more of a resurgence, but maybe just the vibe right now in, in uh, San Diego, because of course, Bogarts is doing well, but Manny Machado, a guy who just got paid that new contract extension after whining throughout the off season, just got a new deal. He started the season really slow as well. So maybe getting Fernando Tatis back and help spark this lineup. Of course, adding another MVP type player, just inserting him in the middle of the lineup will just take pressure off those guys because if Tatis is batting like first or second in that lineup, then it's like, oh my God, you got Soto and Machado behind him. Like they're going to see so many better pitches. Even though they've been seeing great pitches this year, they're going to get even better ones with Tatis in the lineup. And Tatis, I don't know if you've seen in the minor leagues. I think he had at one point six home runs and 12 at bats. Like he is crushing right. minor league pitching. And he's someone that hasn't like, played in the majors and like over like oh it's gonna be like close to like 600 days which is like really insane to think about so Tatis I mean if he could carry what he's been doing in the minor straight to the major leagues and get off to a hot start like hopefully that should I mean personally I don't hope that happens Sully because I like the D-backs being ahead of the Padres in the standings but if I take my bias out of it hopefully a Tatis re uh putting him back in the lineup surges this Padres team and sparks a you know a little fire under Soto Machado by the way, uh, Soto and Machado so far today are combined 0 for 4. Um, 
Now watch, yeah. of course, the game is still going on. Watch it. Watch the game end with back-to-back home runs and you know, Machado walking it off. But uh, by the way, another big contract that I had some misgivings about, much to the anger of the Texas Ranger fans who hate me. Uh, uh, and I've had a couple of people sort of write me very nasty, you know, tweets and everything like that. Um, Jacob deGrom, I saw he was sort of a no-hitter after four mm-hmm. uh, in the game today. And then I saw, interesting, Dunning got the, uh, the decision <laughs> because deGrom left the game with wrist soreness while throwing a no-hitter. Um, if there's ever a microcosm for Jacob deGrom's career, it's he left the game with wrist soreness while throwing a no-hitter. Um, look at I, I when healthy Jacob deGrom is not uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. He is the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. But we've seen the when he's healthy part being a challenge of the last two years, which is why, you know, if he would if he signed with L.A. or if he signed with St. Louis or if he signed or re-signed with the Mets, that would make more sense than asking him to be the guy to carry the Texas Rangers starting staff. So far this year, DeGrom has pitched great and maybe he'll just miss a start or two and this will be fine. There'll just be a hiccup along the way. That being said, I've heard this song before. I don't want to be right about this. I don't, I don't want this to be. And I told you, so I want to see, a full season of DeGrom. He's one of my favorite players in baseball. And yet when I see this, I go, oh no, here, here it is. It's not even late April and here we are. Sully Baseball and I will continue that conversation. But first, we want to talk about eBay Motors because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, this is not something... People want to take a victory lap on because everyone wants to watch one of the most electric pitchers in baseball of the last 20 years pitch. Because again, this season he's led the league in strikeouts per nine in the American league led the league in FIP. So he's been like his ERA hasn't been great, but the underlying numbers tell you he's been really dominant and effective. And for Jacob deGrom, I mean, I don't know how I missed this, but I'm just looking at his age. He's 35 years old. 
I yeah. thought he was like 32, Sully. I thought he was no. like there. So the fact that he's going to be paid until he's age 40, he's already dealt with the injuries the last couple of years. And it's felt like it just feels like going forward, he's never going to have a healthy season. Maybe he can have stretches of healthiness, but it feels like he's always going to have to be someone you manage to get through the regular season. Hopefully you could build a competent lineup and rotation because I think he's someone that you're like, okay, we could get 120 innings out of Jacob DeGrom and just make sure he's healthy for the postseason. That's where he could still earn his money, but you got to make sure you have a great team around him because he can't be that workhorse, can't be that guy that you lean on for 200 plus innings in a season anymore. You probably have to, he could be your number one once you get to the postseason season but i think in the regular season you probably have to view him as more of a like a number three or like a six rotation starter just because you want to manage him through the regular season and that's not what they paid for no nine year one and and, and and i'm like and 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 boy ranger fans were coming at me like crazy and yet i kept saying he's 35 you know when you start My jaw having, dropped when i looked at that age when you're and like, you what? start having injury issues in your mid to late 30s they don't suddenly go away you know, I'm I'm just nervous. I'm nervous about. It. I want to be wrong. I want to see a full season of Degrom. Hell, I said, you know, Bruce Bochy is my dad's favorite manager of all time. I would love to see Bruce Bochy back in the World Series with his third team, and that be you know San Diego, San Francisco, and Texas. You know, if the Rangers make the World Series this year, that would mean that he had uh, he won pennants. In, you know, his first pen was 98 and then have a pen in 2023. That'd be quite a stretch for Bruce Bochy. That being said, I don't know. I, I don't want to be wrong. I just don't feel like I am. Hey, on the bright side, the Rangers, though, they are in first place by a couple of games at the time of us recording. So even though DeGrom's going down potentially on the IL, still have hope. Rangers fans, this is exactly what you want. Be a first place team. You don't even need DeGrom there to do it. Just get him healthy for the postseason and then anything is possible. Talked about Bruce Bochy is the manager of the Rangers, and I have a lot of faith. Obviously, he's a Hall of Fame manager. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes you see a team that you think maybe they need a managerial change. And it's not necessarily about having the worst record. Mark Kotze is the manager of the Oakland A's, and they're probably going to lose 200 games out of 162 this year. And that's not mathematically possible. They'll find a way. But it's not Kotze's fault. Just like this, you know, the I, I don't think, you know, I, I do think you're going to see you know, Dave Martinez and Bud Black at one point might just wave the white flag and say, hey, uh, let a younger guy come in here and, and make themselves available in case a, you know, a job opening happens there. There are a couple of teams. We saw last year the, the Blue Jays made a managerial change even when their team was in position for a wild card. Yeah, it was a weird year for managers last year, to be honest. Year before the the Cardinals went on a wild winning streak down the stretch in September, and they rewarded Mike Schilt by firing him. Yeah, he was like um, running for manager of the year and everything. Yeah, and he he, he, won he won manager of the year, didn't he? Like two years <laughs> prior, and then two years after that, he's updating his LinkedIn page. So sometimes you see managerial changes happening, not necessarily because the team is playing you know is terrible, but because you think, hey we're not out of it, but there's something not clicking here. And there, there are two managers that just come to mind right now that make me say, I, 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 I don't see why this person's the manager. And, I'll, and I'll just say the first one, 
is David Ross with the Cubs. Mm. Now, the look at the Cardinals are underachieving, to be sure. Um, but I I think this is just I think they're I think they will turn things around. Me too. We went into this year where the Cardinals were like the only team apparently wanting to contend. Milwaukee is in first place right now. I think St. Louis is gonna get their act together. Chicago is playing winning ball right now. They're hovering there within a few games of first place. So you think that, oh, wow, Ross is there. You watch him manage a game. You watch him manage a bullpen. You watch how sloppy that is. I, if I were the Cubs, I would be looking at this team, and Ross has been there since 2020. So this is his, what, his fourth season managing the team. This mm-hmm. is not a short sample size. And every time, like, I see – bullpen decisions bungled i see the team playing dumb baseball and i can't help but think that if you're the cubs and you see an opportunity to steal a division title and you see their manager bungling games um i'm sorry there are good managerial candidates out there like mike show for god's sakes i'm not even gonna have people do a shot for one of bruce bochy's lieutenants right now but uh, i i don't i I do not see what he is bringing to the team as a manager at this point. Well, yeah, he was probably too green at the time that he got hired because basically like he retired from catching. And then the next day he was hired by the Chicago Cubs to run the franchise. It wasn't quite literally the next day, but he was probably just way too early. Didn't go through the necessary steps that most of these managers take. He, I mean, of course, he was in baseball for a long time. He's been a catcher. So he's been in the in the pitcher rooms and all that stuff. But yeah, it still feels like you got to get a couple years of experience as an assistant or whatever. And he probably did do some of that stuff. But it felt like David Ross just got elevated probably too quickly, probably before he was ready to become an MLB manager. And in the last couple of years, I wouldn't exactly say he's had the pieces to compete, but one of the reasons the Cubs have blown it up and torn this roster down is because those first couple of years where he was the manager. And it was like, all right, these guys and this team isn't really going anywhere with the biases and the Chris Bryant's and the Anthony Rizzo's of the world. So let's just blow it up. And I think that's part of the reason why he's been there for so long, just because you just need someone at the helm to manage a rebuild and that doesn't necessarily have to be a good manager sometimes you put a manager out there because you want to lose as many games as possible and you want to stack those draft picks so maybe that was part of the reason why david ross has been there just because you need a tank commander for your team but i think if the cubs were serious about competing and were thinking like all right maybe this year we do take a real step toward the playoffs and maybe we can make some noise then i think they would probably actually switch out david ross so i think with the situation that they currently are in they don't feel that pressure to win games i think they're okay riding a david ross and until they get serious about trying to win ball games. Sully and I will be right back. First, I want to tell you about Pro Baseball GM because it's the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great Major League GM, and as it turns out, it's not all that easy. If you've ever had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty in the simulation you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities and injuries, navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. 
Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dimebacks listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. winnable mm-hmm. if the Cardinals don't get off the mat and you had a chance to sneak in a division I mean that was the thing that made a lot of people mad about the 2021 season because the Cubs were in first place going into I believe June and then they had a couple of bad weeks and then they traded everything that wasn't nailed down and you know whether or not those those trades will yield uh, a new playoff bound team is yet to be seen um I just look at this team and I go like, I, I, I don't see what Ross is, is offering the world right now. Uh, I'm going to go de- a little bit down the five from where I'm sitting right now. Joe Madden, Cub, <laughs> former Cub manager, mm-hmm. uh, was handed the task of going back to the first team he ever managed. He was an interim manager for the Angels a couple of times before wind up being a manager, before being one of Mike Social's lieutenants. And going on to take the Rays to the World Series, take a Cubs to a World Series title. Then he was charged to bringing Mike Trout to the World Series. And before everyone gets too excited about great starts, remember at this point last year, the Angels were off to a fantastic start. And people saying, oh, my God, we're going to have an Otani-Trout World Series. And before you can say, whoops, the Angels wound up firing Joe Madden. And replaced him with Phil Nevin, a guy who was best known for waving home inexplicably. Uh, was it Aaron Judge to, to sent him home in the wild card game in one of the weirdest windmills we've ever seen of sending home a runner who was obviously going to be thrown out at home. It took the wind out of the Yankees' sails in that, and he was fired from the Yankees for being for his just blowing the game as a third base coach and was punished by becoming the manager of the angels. Um, here's the deal. I know the angels won today. They lost three out of four to Boston. I watched those games. My God, what a fundamental <laughs> just disaster. The angels looked like terrible defense runners getting picked off dumb base running plays throwing to the wrong base and when something like that happens and you have the two most exciting players on the planet and you have uh their team is playing like the opening act of major league i'm sorry there's nevin was an interim manager Mm -hmm. if you could fire a future hall of famer like joe madden then you can let go of a guy who is they hired him by going, uh, you, I mean, because he happened to be there. Um, there's nothing about Phil Nevin that makes me think, Oh, they, they got to keep this guy as the manager. And when you see how the team is playing, they, they just, it looks like a mess right now. They almost blew a five to one second inning lead today. 
It might not look pretty by Phil Nevin, but I have a hard time putting too much blame on the managers of the Angels the last few years because I think at this point it's more of a structural problem from the uh, uh, from the top with the front office because actually Joe Madden had like a shorter career than I realized with the Angels. He managed the 2020 COVID short season. Then he had the full season 2021 and then was basically fired a third of the way through 2022. He really didn't have that long of a leash in uh, Anaheim. But when you look at... Just the situation with the Angels, like, of course, their problems predate Joe Madden. It goes back to the whole Mike Trout era with never being able to get him help. And I think throughout that whole time, you can look at this front office, you can look at this ownership group and realize, like, no manager is ever going to succeed in these situations when you don't put the right pieces around your players and don't put competent pieces on the field. Because right now, the Angels are starting Jake Lamb at like third base. Like Jake Lamb is an everyday starter for the Los Angeles Angels, which is crazy. Like I brought up that Anthony Rendon contract is maybe the worst in Major League Baseball. The gave Pujols that overpaid contract as well. You got the Otani deal just hanging over like a cloud on this team. Like I can only put so much on Phil Nevin and Joe Madden because they're still, I mean, Patrick Sandoval has been good in that rotation, but when's the last legit starter that the Angels have had in that rotation outside of a man that has to both hit and pitch the ball for the Angels. Like the Angels haven't got a quality number two starter, a quality rotation very long. That pitching has been terrible for so long. We know their offense can do enough when you have Otani and the Trouts of the world. Guys like Hunter Renfro have had good seasons as well. Like they have enough dudes in that lineup, but until the rotation, the bullpen ever get addressed, you could have competent one, two, three starters in your rotation outside of Otani, then I don't think the Angels situation will ever get fixed. And I think it's more on the front office and the ownership group. And I don't even think it matters who manages. You can have Terry Francona out there. You can have the best managers in baseball until the ownership group gets it right with the players on the field. I don't think it'll ever get better. Well, then they're, then they've kicked away the Otani trout era. Yeah, I think they, they, they will. Because Otani is not going to stick around for this. He's gone. I think, I mean, He's just, gone. just from the vibe of the team, I think Otani's leaving. So why wouldn't you try to pull every string until then? I mean, I, I don't know. Should you I go mean, the opposite way? Should you go blow it up time? Be like, listen, we've had Trout for a decade and it has not mattered at all. Maybe we just trade him and get the the hall of all halls and trade him and Otani and reset this bad boy. It's not like having the two greatest players of the last 80 years has done anything for your franchise in terms of on the field success. Wow. Wow. They've been handed these two superstars. <laughs> And, the two and, best. We've, and we've expanded the playoffs and the notion of do they have an outside chance at the third wild card? All right. Well, look at I've made Rangers and Angels fans hate me with a passion of a thousand sons. I don't think anyone can hate me more than Astro fans. And I remind you, Astro fans have said I have an unreasonable hatred for the Astros, even though I rooted for them in the last two World Series. Hey, uh, upcoming shows this week include we're going to if you have something you want me to talk about uh send me a uh, a tweet at sully baseball or put a message here on youtube and if you're listening every day if you're listening every single day uh put let me know on twitter <laughs> or on instagram at locked on b pods or sully baseball podcast on instagram sully baseball on twitter uh on the locked on mlb youtube page and put a hashtag everyday sully because I had everyday MLB, but apparently that was already a hashtag. So everyday Sully, well, so far is not quite as known. So if you if you listen every single day, let me know. Let me know where you are. I've already found out I have a big fan in Australia and another one in Wales. 
That's Ooh. stretching pretty wide right there. But also stretching wide is my co-host right there, Miller Thomas. Tell people where they can listen to your great show. Stretching wide. I don't know. If I, I don't like know what that. that. I just. I, 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 not all my segues are going to work. You got to expect that. Every yeah, once stretching in a while. wide. Miller Thomas. Uh, yeah, Miller Thomas here, host of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. As you can see, if you're following us on YouTube at Creator Thomas Twenty Four for the personal account, or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram, and please hit subscribe on the Lockdown Diamondbacks YouTube channel. All right. And by the way, the Dodgers are losing right now, which is just going to chip away at the Diamondbacks magic number. Talking about the underachievers, the overachievers and those who are just achieving. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks podcast crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm Sully. Let's fist pump for another week. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Everyone who tuned in to today's edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you are a Locked on Diamondbacks listen every day, or please put on the YouTube channel hashtag Locked on Diamondbacks every day, or so we know that you listen every day. Thank you to everyone who makes Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen of the day, make your second listen of the day. The Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast with Matt and Dom, who will keep you up to date with fantasy news, strategies, and analysis all throughout the season. As always, come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Stay safe, stay healthy, doses.